Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello and welcome. Welcome to our latest and greatest episode of the Secrets of the High Demand Coach podcast. I'm here with a, a, a relatively new friend, but it feels like we've known each other for ages. But that is uh, the the great Jeff Abbott here with us today. He's a chairperson at Convene. And Jeff, anyone who knows him will know he's a proven leader. Uh, he spent his time and, and kind of earned his stripes in the aircraft and space industry with 25 plus years of operations experience from the ground floor all the way up to president of the organization. Uh, Jeff is active in his community, serves as a Convene chair, which is how I met him, and helps dozens of CEOs and has been doing so since 2003. Now, I know, you know, when you hear it helps lots of CEOs, it can be like, well, what's that like? Well, like these are not necessarily like your brand new CEO coming out of the gate. He, he does that too. But some of these are billion dollar organizations and they look to Jeff for wisdom and advice. And uh, what I know about Jeff more than any of those is just the character of the man with us today is, is profound. So, uh, Jeff, thanks so much for being on the show. I'm so glad that you're here and would love for you to just share uh, with our listeners today uh, your story. How did you get into coaching? What were you doing before that? And what's the big why for you driving all of it? Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, I love uh, talking to you. You're an exciting person to know. Uh, yeah, I started out really with uh, going way back. I, I was in interested and involved with leadership, uh, even back to the army. I was a sergeant in the army. Uh, I got out of there, went uh, back to school, uh, got married, got back back to school and uh, learned industrial arts. And I was my, my plan was to be a school teacher, but it didn't do it for me in terms of the challenge and things like that. So I went back in the industry trying to find a management role. And at the time, honestly, I just wanted any role. I just wanted to get on that ladder and just start going as high as I could because that's what I really thought I was cut out for and what I really enjoyed. I did toolmaker kinds of things. I was technical kind of guy, but it didn't satisfy me at all. And I found myself distracted and make a lot of mistakes. So what I really wanted to do is get in the management and just get the higher level, right? So that uh, kind of describes my strengths and weaknesses. I'm a higher level kind of thinker, and I'm not into the details. So, uh, so <laughs> I have to learn with everybody else learning about how to be a non-detail person and and be successful. So I uh, got into this role uh, and uh, as a quality director at an aerospace company. I kept ascending to to finally president, and that's when I really really realized the power of a team. And uh, I had a great team around me. 
I, I kind of have a little bit of clown in me. So I love to have fun all the time. I like to make work fun. And uh, it was fun for my staff. And I had guys that were working for me that are um, MBAs. And so I was not an MBA. Uh, I was more like steeped in the process of the company. And, and, and I, I had a lot of fun. I made it sort of a game for me to make great aerospace parts. So uh, I just got up to the top and uh, we were, I was in a public company. So my operation was running so well. My corporation asked me to run all the similar three uh, divisions of the company that, that were look alike. And the higher I got in the organization, the more political I got. And I was a, a kind of guy where I was just always pushing the limits. I was doing uh, lean and continuous improvement and there's breakthrough improvement, things like that. And that stuff uh, tends to be a little risky from the profit and loss standpoint. And uh, my corporation uh, changed their leadership and uh, a guy, there was a total processor was uh, put into the role and he did not like any variability. And so I was all about variables and I ended up you know, being uh, replaced with somebody else it, it really surprised me because I've been in the, in the company almost 20 years and uh, and I have been making it successful. And so uh, I found myself on the street looking for another job, a lookalike job for the one I had. And my career coach said, Jeff, you, I'm looking at the tea leaves of all the things that you're saying about your life. You need to look for something with more purpose. And uh, so it ended up that, uh, or convened at that day, uh, in those times it was called BBL Forum. I looked into it. I saw one video of how it works. I said, that's what I want to do. And I never looked back. That's and awesome. so I started building the groups and here I am today. I just handed off one team, but I've had three teams for almost 19 years. So tell us a little bit about Convene, uh, and, and particularly from the lens of why did that resonate with you so much? That's a great question, because when I was in the Army, I got, uh, I was found out by a group of Christian people that love to disciple men. And uh, I was uh, just laying in my bunk, and they didn't like me laying there. They said, Jeff, you're a Christian. We want to disciple you. Get out of bed. Come play this soccer game with us today on the Saturday morning when I wanted to sleep. And they drugged me around and that kind of uh, it caught on to my uh, my person. I wanted to be uh, a more high functioning Christian, but I was lost in the blur of the army and there was no kind of fellowships around to be involved with and stuff. And this was one of them. And they were pretty hardcore. So I got discipled by these people. And uh, so uh, I became I became one of them, right? As I became this guy that's uh, tested tough in, in, in the Army about my faith and stuff. And I really believed what I was all about. And I started leading my squad. I was a sergeant, started leading my squad the way I thought that Christ would lead people and you know, just caring for them and stuff. So out of the army and then all this time passes. And that's also the way I, I ran my departments and stuff, you know, on the way up to be a president. Uh, and so when I saw these two people doing what I had gone through back in the army, there's a coach on one side and a guy on the other, a Bible in the middle. And uh, I thought business Bibles and I said, sign me up, count me in, right? So <laughs> I, I I just threw my hat over the wall and, and just became a BBL chair. And they rebranded as Convene shortly after that. <clears throat> and so I've been doing that ever since. And so having that one-to-one -one relationship with people and making a difference, but spiritually and 
in, in, in the convenient world, I'm a life coach. I'm a business coach. I'm a spiritual coach. I'm a marriage coach. I'm a, you know, like at, at whatever the, the, you know, the scenario shows itself. And uh, so I, I just love it just to be really uh, a significant factor in that person's life. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's remarkable. And having had a chance to meet uh, all three of your teams, actually, uh, I, I can tell you, I mean, just the caliber of person that's attracted to you uh, is phenomenal. And, and there's just, there's something special happening. You walk into a room with a group of people, you can just tell, like, there's something special happening in some rooms and not in others. And it was definitely happening there. Uh, so what, uh, I guess, you know, that's from the outside looking in, but from the inside looking out, what do you attribute that to? I mean, you've been with Convene for what, going on 20 years now. Is that right? Yeah, right. And uh, just put together three and you transitioned one, but these tremendous groups of high, high caliber leaders, what do you kind of attribute that success to? Well, that's a good question. So I uh, am sort of a freeform sort of guy, and I read a book uh, early on called uh, D- uh, Driven to Distraction, uh, and it, it described me. I'm, I'm, I'm easily distracted. So what I had to do, and the answer to that was to put rhythm and structure in your life. And so uh, I, I put rhythm and structure in my life and took this guy that is really spontaneous and all over the place and, and put some guardrails around that. And so I have what I call a map and measure. I have a one-page business plan and a one-page metrics that I have everybody uh, get on that, that program so that they have on one page what they're trying to get done long-term and you know what their values and mission and vision and everything and then what their top things are that to get done this year what they're working on right now who has what balls it's all on that uh, that piece of paper so that's on one side i i, I have a notebook I, ca- I carry with me sort of a file a paper file i'm a paper kind of guy one side shows the map that's the one page plan the other side shows uh, our conversations and the metrics so i have a map and measure. So I, the map and measure kind of is simplifies it all for me. Remember, I'm a simplicity guy. And so uh, we have our conversations about what's going well, where you're struggling, how can I help, uh, what's next for you, what's next to accomplish. And if they run out of thing, because they go blank, a lot of times they're, I, I take them out of their factory or whatever and sit them down in a room to do a one-to-one and their brain's still in the factory. So I, I had to say, okay, let's let's calm down. Open, we're kind of open in prayer, try to focus. But if they can't do that, I go back to what is there in writing, what they told me before, what the history is and what the measurements are and say, so So it says here that something that's going really well is, you know, your, your sales, your backlog is growing like crazy. Like what? And so what you're struggling with, you told me last time, was trying to find people. How's that going? So, uh, so I have something to talk to them about. Uh, I had, I, I typically have the gamut of personalities, the gamut of businesses, the, the spectrum uh, uh, in the room. I, I tend to have a, a great mix of, of really uh, diverse people, and um, they grow together. And so, the, the I, um, I, I, I'm an encourager. I like to I like to give high challenge because I'm a competitive guy. I'm not just anything goes is not going to happen with me. So I'm a competitive guy. So I, I'm going to really challenge them in the areas where I see 
their potential because my purpose is to get them to find their potential in the kingdom. So where's your potential? I see all this latent potential. Let's, let's go. And then I'm going to be there with high support also. So high, high challenge, high support. I don't try to protect people and say, oh, they're there. You know, like I understand you were real busy, so you didn't get anything done. Um, uh, so, um, I, I tend to be sort of um, a kind of a, a, a multifaceted coach. I don't just ask questions. I like to help with some pointers and stuff. But the real secret sauce of convene is the group. I'm going to take this person and their troubles and stuff and give them some give them some uh, some guidance but then take them back to the group and then we'll open up their little sandbox to the team and how the team helped them too. So that's right. just super um, powerful, much more powerful than just me alone. So I have that secret weapon that I take people into that convene group and they grow there. And it's the yeah. things that I facilitate, I don't cause. Mm. So that's, um, that's it in a nutshell. Yeah, that's great. Because I, I think one of the challenges, uh, and, and I think everyone's heard this, but until you become a CEO, you don't really know what it feels like. But uh, I, I kind of grew up through the ranks of my organization, started the proverbial mailroom, you know, checking emails and faxes and and became CEO of the organization and uh, had no real business doing that. But, you know, lucked into it. We'll, we'll put it that way. And I remember, you know, when I was COO, which I was there for you know, in that seat for five or six years, there was a sense of camaraderie to the rest of the leadership team. But when I became COO, CEO, like that sense of camaraderie, same people, love them dearly, friends, you know, and, and our friend relationship stayed the same, but our working relationship changed quite dramatically. And there was, there was a sense of loneliness that really caught me off guard uh, when I became CEO. And I've found that it's like that for a lot of CEOs because there's just a lack inside of the organization for any type of peer relationship. Even if you're like, you know, not holding it over anybody, but, uh, you know, and trying to be as kind of equal as everybody else, unlike everybody else, you still are the 800 pound gorilla in every room you walk into, right? Uh, so in kind of light of that, why do you feel like uh, the 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 team, how do you feel the convene teams help solve that or do they? And why do you think, uh, why do you think that is? I think it's absolutely true. And um, so even though I have this great toolbox, uh, this 20 years of, of successes and failures and thrill of victory, agony of defeat kind of thing. Um, and so I have this great toolbox and, and and I come to the person and I say, you know, you can do it. And they look at me and they, they're thinking they're, they might nod, but they're thinking there's no way. I'm not you. You can't you. You're this great you know, company president or something like that. I'm this this business owner. I'm trying to get it done. And uh, so they 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 might they might resist me a little bit. And uh, I'm all for them. I'm encouraging them. I tell them that you know, I'll walk to the end of the high dive with them and say, we're going to jump off together. Hold my hand. Boo, you know, and uh, but what really happens is when they walk in the room and there's a guy that they think is just like me and that guy's doing it. That guy has passed this, you know, this hurdle, this obstacle. And and he's actually he's actually grown to the next stage. And. Why can't I do that? I mean, I, I can do that. And we hang out together, me and that guy. And we go out to breakfast once in a while. And we visit each other's companies and stuff. And then pretty soon, 
uh, you know, that that dynamic starts to disappear. But so I got over it a long time ago that I'm not all things to all people. I, I know that just because Jeff said doesn't make it so. But if John says then that then and Jeff said, OK, well, I can believe that now I'm going to go ahead with that. And so, yeah, um, a lot of it is at the Christmas party, their wives will share, you know, my husband was just so bad off, you know, like, and then he found convenient this, you know, all this stuff. This has been such a blessing to our, our family and things and the business and all everything just started to bloom when he when he found this group. And so, yeah, I can't put probably a nail on every, uh, you know, uh, on every occasion, but there's something in that room for everybody and they uh they'll stick with it they'll lean into it and not away from it you know um so they get a lot back and you you talked about in your prep about you know what what differentiates the ones that really win and the ones that not so much and the ones that will really invest in themselves and Mm -hmm. and really take it serious and really honor the other people in the room and listen to their input and uh, not be so full of themselves like um like I did it all on my own, do it yourself for kind of thing. I get rid of that and just start listening to what wisdom would say. Yeah. And that's, 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 that's a secret of the, I think that dynamic you're talking about. That's excellent. Uh, next question here is, uh, again, you get to work with lots of different uh, CEOs from, from different industries and different stages in their career and their business. In light of all of that, who who do you think needs a business coach or needs to join a, con, a group like Convene and why? Yeah, that's a good question. I have, um, you know, at one point in time, I used to say, you know, Convene's for everyone. If you're not a great listener, if you're not, uh, if you think that your methods are, you know, just... Uh, you know, kind of your self-made man or self-made woman. And, uh, you know, you just, you kind of left behind all that fundamental stuff you're, you're going for the skyrocket success and, and things, you know, you've kind of grown out of, you know, the, the, that, so you're, you're not, you're just not going to fit in the room. If, if you're not honest with yourself, you can't see yourself plainly. If you won't sit still long enough to hear feedback and take it, and uh, you know, instead of just being so defensive all the time, you know, um, it's funny. But the people who understand fundamental growth uh, uh, can really grow and uh, you know far from where they from where they started. If they're looking for just the the next you know rocket ship kind of success the, the, and, and abandon all the, the fundamentals that help them to get there, then they're, they're not going to go very, they're going to be a flash in a pan. They're going to be back, you know, with the, you're going to be a serial entrepreneur because that they, they serially destroy companies or whatever. Uh, so if they, if they'll go through the process of fundamentals and stuff, they, then they'll be, they'll belong. If they are, um, it could be introverts or extroverts. You know, you tend to attract people like you. Uh, so uh, I have people in the room that are includers. They are uh, they're positive. They um, uh, they tend to be a little extroverted. Like to have fun. They either come that way or they learn that in the, in the room. So it's a long day to spend all the way you know, the, the whole day if it's not fun. And so we can make it fun. It's very serious at times. 
there are tears at times, but uh, everybody knows that this is a this is a place where I can be real. And yeah. so, um, uh, the, the, the somebody can't be real, can't be transparent, can't be honest, can't share, can't can't make it about everybody else. Because if you're just going to be there, it's all about me. Then it's going to get old for the group really, really quickly. Yeah, like um, you know, uh, you're not available for the other people in the room. Then, uh, then you're probably not going to belong. And I've given up trying to take that person and make him into the person that fits in the room. And somebody early on told me that an empty chair is better than the wrong person sitting in the room. Mm. So uh, I tried to. Um, it, it, it's it, it's it's a it's a sort of a small subtle thing, but it it comes out in a big way in the room. Uh, so I try to, I try not to chase those people. Yeah, that's excellent. All right. Uh, so the moment I've been waiting for, I think uh, everyone's been waiting for is this. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. What's the biggest secret that you wish wasn't a secret? What's the one thing that you wish every founder or leader listening today knew uh, either about themselves or leadership or how to grow their organization? That's it's incredible. And I I have an instant answer. It's always the same. And that is that the person at the top, uh, Henry, uh, Peter Drucker said, the bottleneck is always at the top of the bottle. Yeah. And so uh, so people um, are really slow to let go of things that they think are really important, but from the outside you look at that's not that's urgent. That's like a lower level kind of thing. That's not CEO duty sort of stuff. Why are you hanging on to that? And so they have all these people around them that are not being used to their potential. Mm -hmm. So uh, it seems like it would be the very first thing that people would do, but it's the last thing people do. Get more out of your people. Make your people successful, get more out of them and quit trying to do everything, be all things to all people to be the CEO. Because what they do is they tend to do a lot of what they felt really successful in, uh, doing before. Mm -hmm. So they're going to a land of leadership, which is they haven't been to before. It's unfamiliar. They want to go back to doing or maybe I'll get my hands on this thing, get dirty, or um, I'll be the guy driving the truck or that, you know, what? So stop. I know it's attractive. Do a little bit of it if you think that, you know, you can't go cold turkey. But for the most part, get a lot out of every person and then start being intentional about asking what it is that you want out of them and help yeah. them grow to their same thing. That, yeah, mimic me. What I'm doing with for you as a chair, do that with, for your people. Meet with them once in a while, once every two weeks, every every month. Find out what their what their heart is. Find out what, how they want to develop. Uh, what is what is it that you need from them for your organization and get it done through them and let go and you you'll be amazed at the growth of your organization the growth of your people and you'll kind of stop complaining about how nobody takes any ownership around here you haven't given any ownership to anybody how could they yeah. be, be owners yeah. so uh that's that's the secret and i see it time after time after time and you know i almost need somebody outside your 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 being to look back at you and say dude you need to let go. You, yeah. you are a control freak about this stuff. Yeah. So that's, um, th that's sadly, sad, but true. 
but it gives me plenty of stuff to talk about. <laughs> it sure does. It sure does. And I think that there's a couple of lies that I've bumped into even just today, a coaching session I was doing uh, with someone this morning. Uh, and he's very much there, right? Recognizing that he needs to move forward. But uh, folks can can think, it uh, comes across as a controlling thing. Uh, this guy in particular, and I've seen it with a lot of my clients, is like they're trying to serve, right? They're doing it out of a place of, of if it needs to get done, I'm not above getting that done, right? I can go in and do it. But mm-hmm. uh, I, the reality of it is, yes, that's true. And like you said, from time to time, sure, you know, get in there, get your, roll mm-hmm. your sleeves up, get your hands dirty. But if you're not doing the high level stuff that only you can do, who is? Right. Is that who's president when you're driving the truck? You know, right. Right. Uh, so, and, and what I, you know, John Maxwell says, it's kind of one of those things where you go to the person and say, you know, I've been doing this. I, I found out, you know, like I shouldn't be doing this, but I want you to come with me. I want to, you know, I want, I want to show you what I do. And I want you to be that guy from now on and just take them and do that old, you know, first you do it. And then I watch and all that, that, that sort of thing. And then just, and, and do it in a way that's, that's healthy for you and that person. And so you're not just throwing off responsibilities, you're actually bringing people on and their ability to be that person on the team. Yeah. Absolutely. And you'll see people flourish in that. Uh, it, it's it's counterintuitive, but uh, it's remarkable how effective it is. Uh, awesome. Thank you for sharing. All right, last question for you here. And that is, uh, I've worked with a, a lot of coaches, enough coaches to know that we have a tendency to give our very best to our clients and not necessarily leave a whole lot left over for ourselves. And so we had a fascinating conversation just before we hit record here, where you talked about kind of this next phase for you and your uh, work and your life. And I'd love to ask a question that I've asked everyone on the show. And that is, what does the next stage of growth look like for you? as a coach, as a leader, uh, in, in kind of whatever capacity you'd answer that? That's a good question. My wife helps me to see that uh, I'm way too busy and uh, and I tend to be a hero. So I go, and heroes and rescuers, they rescue everybody but their family, you know, like they 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 provide for everybody else and their, their family's the last one to get help. And so I try, try to get out of that mode, you know, long ago. Um, but when I turned 65, my wife says, hey, you know, like what, um, what do you, you know, they asked me that basically the same question. Uh, you have to know also that I, I'm a managing partner for a group called the Barnabas Group, which is a ministry to ministries outside of Cabine. So I'm doing that also. And I have all these things going. And uh, I know that uh, that time will allow you to uh, to get to get things done up until the boundaries of time. So I what I did is I started um I started with my uh, my one to ones. I would cut the time length down. I had forty one to ones a month, so I cut the time down to one hour. I saw from my experience that that was even too long for some people, and I was I was really uh, required by convene going way back to do a, an extended one to one. So I just uh, simplified everything, and I got everything done in three weeks. And then uh, five years goes by, and I now uh, getting everything done in two weeks. What's what I see in the future is uh, kind of trimming down my uh, convenient involvement and then expanding that nonprofit involvement and uh, and then doing that like a mentor of mine once said as much as you can when you can where you can uh, with whom you can you know and all those things uh, just 
and, and make it make it fun, make it like uh, valuable to the people you're working with and, and stuff. So I never really see this place where I'm on the couch or fishing all day, uh, every day. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be involved with people and, and try to help them with uh, with their nonprofit involvement. So just be a whole lot less, you know, um, demand on me. And, uh, and, and I have this um, value to them. And uh, it's working already, and I can't wait to see it happen in a expanded way. That's awesome. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you for sharing. Now, uh, you're actually our second convene coach. Uh, Tom Lutz, who you know, uh, who's my convene chair, uh, has been on. So uh, some folks may have not have been sold by Tom, and maybe we understand why. I don't know. But uh, all, all that aside, uh, someone's listening and they're saying, hey, I want to learn more about convene or I want to connect with you. What's the best way that they can do that? Well, they can come to me and my contact information. I think you have that. Uh, I would love to introduce anyone to the concept. I am, uh, uh, of course, in the Southern California area, but I will uh, promote Convene for any chair that's out there and and direct them to geographically, either to our headquarters or um, and then just talk to them about you know where they are and what what they think Convene might do for them. I would be happy to promote. Um, convene to anyone uh, geographically uh, agnostic. That's awesome. And uh, for anyone who wants to connect, it's convenenow.com slash Jeff Abbott, J-E-F-F-A, two B's, right? A-B-B-O-T-T, J-E-F-F-A-B-B-O-T-T. Uh, and you'll be able to find more about Jeff, connect with him and convene there. And uh, thank you for the uh, the offer to help folks out. I know that that's much appreciated. Well, Jeff, yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, absolutely loved having you here. Uh, it was just an honor beyond honors. And uh, so thank you. And for everyone listening, your time and attention are the the biggest compliment you could give. So thank you so much for, for hanging with us, uh, listening to this conversation. I hope it was as helpful and encouraging as uh, for you as it was for me. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any of those episodes. Go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.